Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2023 and time for the off-week monologue, rant, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, I want to start off the new year on a positive note. Talk about one of the best documentaries that I've seen in quite some time. And that is the three-part Get Back a documentary directed by... Uh, friend of the podcast, Peter Jackson. Now, it's uh, strange to call him a director on this because it's more of a of a re-editing of existing material, kind of like the same thing he did with uh, his World War One documentary. Uh, he was given a bunch of footage. In that instance, he used uh, technology, I think Weta was involved, to clean everything up and make it HD in color. Very cool thing. Generally, I am not a fan of colorization, but in, in as far as archival footage and the, uh, the fidelity of what he was able to accomplish, I think that that was a, a noble endeavor. Um, I think it, it's wise to keep the original uh, as cleaned up as possible, but having it colorized to kind of bring life to history, I, I am not opposed to that as opposed as, you know, it's not like Ted Turner trying to colorize Casablanca. Um, so you may disagree. You may think that there is, in fact, uh, no difference, but, you know, we'll let it be. Ha, pun intended. So let's talk about this this Beatles documentary. Man, I so it is not for everyone. Okay, if you don't like the Beatles, you're not going to come out liking the Beatles. It's a huge time commitment, and time is a precious commodity. I mean, it's three episodes. Each episode is about two and a half hours. I mean, it's it's a lot of footage. Now he pared down from. I want to say offhand it was like 120 hours of footage was shot of film footage and 60 hours of audio. It basically encompasses most of the Let It Be recordings, which were the Beatles' last album, but in in real time, they had the Get Back, Back project. They uh, came back into the studio. They did Abbey Road, arguably their best album. Uh, and then cleaned up uh, the Let It Be recordings. And I think the final thing that they ever did together was without John was I, Me, Mine, which is a Harrison composition that is on Let It Be, which one of the one of the great things about this documentary is George comes in one morning and he's like, oh man, Ringo, did you see this, uh, this sci-fi film on BBC? And they're, they're talking about it. And he's like, well, I wrote a song after watching it. <laughs> he just belts out, I, me, me, mine. And you're like, wow, <laughs> that's nuts. You know, I watch TV and I do terrible podcasts nobody listens to. He watches TV and, you know, creates a masterpiece of pop music. Uh, therein lies the rub, <laughs> I guess. But so if you don't like the Beatles, don't watch this. If you don't like documentaries, don't watch this. If you don't like watching a bunch of guys dick around on guitar for hours on end, do not watch this. So, like, if you have an aversion to the Grateful Dead or any jam bands or anything, stay far away. Because 90% is 
fiddling on guitars and drums and as they're constructing this album. Uh, so, so background for me and why I, I love this documentary so much is, so I grew up pre-internet. I'm an old man and uh, not old enough to love the Beatles the first time around, but I uh, caught them in reruns like TBS. Uh, uh, so, you know, I wanted to be a musician. That was, music was my first love. And when I was a kid, 13 to 18, you know, you think that you're gonna, you're gonna do something with that. And uh, I had bands and like we spent every weekend, me and my friends, composing songs, sitting around, playing songs, renting out the VFW and uh, having concerts, you know, that nobody listened to your music. Uh, so at least, you know, I'm continuing that tradition of creating content that no one is listening to. Uh, but the Beatles were um, something else, man. They were, they were mystical. They were, they were shrouded in this, this cloud of, of unknown, and they were on this pedestal to us. Um, you know, like, like we were fascinated with their, the trip to India and that, that prompted us to, to look into Eastern mysticism. They dabbled in drugs that may or may not had an impact on my life, <laughs> but, you know, in, in, in studying the marked difference from I Want to Hold Your Hand to the White Album, you know, seeing that evolution, it amazes me now that, like, they were only together, like, seven or eight years, and they're, and all this is up for debate, if you disagree, that's fine, but I would submit that they are the most influential uh, pop musicians in, ever, um, and, and they would disagree, you know, they would say that Little Richard and you know, uh, and Elvis and all these other people that influenced them were obviously more influential and that there are better bands than them. And there are better bands and there were better bands at the time than the Beatles. But the fact that they were four dudes from Liverpool, just nowhere, and they came up and became it, you know, is is amazing. And especially when you look today at like modern pop music, it's there's 15 people writing songs. There's all these producers and stuff. This was four guys, you know, and they're knocking these things out. And they've got, uh, you know, Brian Epstein is kind of the, the driving force behind them in a lot of ways. So when they, they did the Let It Be movie in conjunction with the album, and it's very truncated. Peter Jackson gets all the footage. And what he sees... And, and it's such, it's so interesting because it's like there, there are things that can only come to pass when all the pieces fall together. And that's, that's just honestly magic to me. It's absolute magic. So they originally had these guys that were going to do, the original idea was they were going to go in the stu- into this uh, warehouse write 15 songs, record it live on television, do like a TV show, 
And that was the whole bit. Uh, and they had a couple of weeks to do it because Ringo had a prior engagement with uh, with a movie. And this was all kind of the uh, the impetus of Paul, who, and, and this is something I found fascinating too. He kept referring to, this is about a year, year and a half after Brian Epstein has passed away. And so they largely don't have any direction and that comes across you know so Paul in an effort to kind of mimic that and kind of give it the band a direction comes up with this idea Paul always says Mr. Epstein and it's just interesting to me the generational difference because I don't think I would call if I if we had a producer I wouldn't call him Mr. <laughs> you know but I just I don't I doubt many artists today um, go through that. So it's just kind of like, even though they were young and, and they were considered rebellious, they were still, you know, we've come a long way for good or for ill. But it just, it struck me. So anyway, that all collapses. Uh, George leaves. They get him to come back. Yoko Ono's ever-present. Paul makes the first uh, Yoko joke in a band, which is awesome. Uh, so Linda uh, McCartney, she's not she's not married to him yet at this point. I can't remember her maiden name, but they're all sitting around, and John's not there, and uh, they're they're complaining about something or other, and Linda gives her two cents, and Paul very jokingly says, "Okay, Yoko." Hilarious. He also mentions that you know, um, he says it's gonna be a riot in 50 years when when the big joke is the Beatles broke up because of a. a, a somebody's girlfriend sitting on an amp <laughs> so yeah you're, you're right um, so it, it's it's really just for me personally was amazing to see them and like really be able to feel a kinship that I never had before with, with musicians that, that honestly I just put on a huge pedestal and to see them struggling with lyrics and coming up and just goofing on their own songs like singing them funny and stuff and, and ribbing each other like reminded me of the, the bands that I was in and how we went about writing music it's like wow that's the exact same thing that the Beatles did that's really cool I mean the main difference being they were writing let it be and we were not so <laughs> so don't by any means think that I'm saying that wow I was I could have been as good as the Beatles no they still wrote Beatles level songs but the process being the same that's kind of cool um, it was just very interesting it was, and there's a lot of it's just very real it's very fly on the wall which is the kind of documentary I like and I honestly honestly felt like I was sitting there with them I've never felt like that in a documentary before. Maybe kind of close uh, in Gimme Shelter when they are watching the footage. You kind of feel, but I felt, I honestly felt like I was sitting there. Uh, and it may be because there's there's all these attendants and, and, and producers and filmmakers kind of wandering around. But I, I felt like I was sitting in and seeing something special. And it, it culminates with the... Uh, their last live performance, which was on the roof of the building, that was hilariously um, broken up by, like, these very polite policemen. And I just kept thinking, 
God, how awful would it be to like, you know, you don't know. <laughs> like that you, and that's what struck me. It's like nobody knew that this was history happening. And that's like they played for like half an hour before they got shut down. And then you just see people moving about their day. And they're like, oh, that was kind of cool. The Beatles were playing a new song on, on the roof. Nobody knew like that, that that was a seminal event happening. That's that's very, that's life. You know, there's lots of walking down the street, nothing really going on. And then moments of, of importance that sometimes you don't see as they're, they're passing by. But to be the cop <laughs> that broke up the Beatles' last performance... And you had you had probably hear about that for the rest of you know his name was splattered on the screen. I haven't looked him up and seen what his life was like, but surely, you know the Beatles rise to a level of of two people at least attempting to kill or one successfully uh, these these men because you know partially because they think they're involved in witchcraft and stuff like you know that guy's life had to have been altered. <laughs> by that I don't know that'd be interesting to find out but it was it was really fascinating um I, I if you if you like the Beatles at all or if you're kind of I'm I'm very much I like to pull the curtain back on things anytime I get into something I try I I basically ruin it for myself because I have to know how the trick works and then once you know how the trick works a little bit of the magic's gone I mean that's what happens with film it's very difficult for me to watch some films and get the same level of enjoyment out of people because the critical eye and just knowledge of what's happening. So when you see it done poorly or mis-executed, it stands out a lot more. It's a lot harder to forgive. So, but that's, that's who I am. That's what I do. Uh, and I do not regret a single second of watching that film. And like I said, it's it's long and it's arduous, but it it's amazing to me that he was able to call out enough so you really see their relationships and you really see them as people. And, and in a weird way, the, the mundaneness of it all didn't spoil the magic for me. Uh, in fact, I've been spinning Beatles records pretty much non-stop since then kids are getting sick of it uh but i feel like i'm i'm 14 all over again and and listening to the white album for the first time and and getting it you know like like it really hitting me so that's it no no real hate uh john super goofy which is which is very counter to his pop culture uh, portrayal as like the deep and he's he's a goofball kind of a jerk uh, my opinion of him did not change very much uh, I my opinion of Paul increased because he was uh, I could see how how much he was trying to make things work uh, my opinion of George decreased a little bit and he used to be like my favorite Beatle thought the way that he walked off was kind of weak but there is a moment where John and Paul are just ragging on the Maharishi and their whole trip to India and basically saying it was a bunch of crap and stuff. And, and George sitting right there, it's like, dude, I get that you, you know, you can feel all those things, but your buddy that is still like super into it, 
<laughs> that took you there to like share a part of their life. That's kind of a jerk move. Um, my opinion of Ringo Starr has increased immensely. Uh, Ringo's the punching bag, and and people, there's there's a video floating out there of this. Uh, I can't remember his name, but this guy's a drum instructor, and he talk he kind of mounts this uh, ad hoc defense of uh, Ringo by like playing good drums, you know, like really a bunch of fills and stuff over, um, what song was it? Um, it wasn't Day in the Life, but, um, something that was, that, that needed a little simpler drums. And he's like, look, Ringo's in the pocket here. Ringo is playing what the song needs. And that if you play too much over already, these already sometimes complicated pieces or sometimes simple pieces that that it does change the dynamic and and personally like we change drummers more than spinal tap mostly because people didn't want the drummers didn't like our music <laughs> so but the band did sound differently that was the only thing that changed was the drummer a drummer can change the sound so um and and when george left there was there was all this question up in the air ringo was the only one that showed up the next day it showed up on time dude was just like a professional and linda mentions that uh you know out of all the beatles other than paul obviously that ringo was her favorite one that she got along with and and you see that there that he's like a pretty chill dude um he's he's very much happy to be there (laughs) i mean that's good man he's probably the only one that really appreciated you know hey we're the the freaking beatles like (laughs) So, uh, so my, my estimation of Ringo increased dramatically. Maybe it's old age, too, that I'm, I'm softening on Ringo. It's easy to, but it's easy to pick on him. Um, it's good for him. Uh, really, just a fascinating look. Uh, like Jason and I have talked before, we love the, the kind of fly on the wall, just let, let the story unfold, documentary telling. Incredible effort on Peter Jackson's part. Incredible effort on the original filmmakers. Like, they were... They laid out all this footage. It's, you know, it's just... It blows my mind that for 30, 40 years, this footage was just sitting around doing nothing. But I think if they had attempted to do something like this earlier... It wouldn't have worked because a people didn't didn't really have the tolerance for eight hours of behind the scenes Beatles. <laughs> B, like I I think that that footage needed to mature. The story needed to unfold the way it did and then lie dormant for a while, in order for it to have real meaning. So like that's what I was, I was talking about earlier about every all the pieces falling together. So you have Paul creating this idea. You've got the film crew that comes in. They're filming everything. They've got hidden mics set up. Uh, then you've got the natural progression of, of the Beatles' dissolution. All their history. All the lawsuits. And then the element of time. And then you get the fan, Peter Jackson, who you know gets to a level where he is able to command this, you know, to pull this all together and say, hey, give me all that footage. I want to look through it all, see what I can make of it. And, uh, and, you know, 
Disney saying, sure, go for it. <laughs> it's just, what a wild ride. Um, and uh, I'm almost done with Andor, just to, for those that are keeping keeping count. And man, it's like I've apologized on Twitter. I was, I slept on Andor, big mistake. Uh, so watch the Beatles, watch Andor, and, uh, and listen to the podcast. Uh, engage with us on Twitter, Facebook. You know, we always enjoy hearing that somebody's listening. So we're not shouting into the void, uh, into parts unknown. And we will see you next week.